Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Owens, also known as Death Doula Jen, the founder of FromButterfliesToAngels.com, where I provide end-of-life services, education, and planning, as well as elder care doula services. I want to start off by saying, if you have an aversion to talking about death, here's your out. Because while some of our discussions are light and simple, sometimes we can get deep. With that being said, this podcast may be triggering to some of you, but it's all about helping you to challenge your views on death and even life itself. Now that we have that out of the way, welcome to my podcast about death and dying. Notice, I didn't say aging and dying because not everyone dies of old age. As I often say, the only fact about life is death. What is a death doula? We all know what the term death means, but there's been some controversy around the word doula. Some definitions say it means a woman who serves, but there are also men doulas, male gender doulas, and non-binary doulas. Webster's Dictionary says the word doula means female slave or maidservant. There is one training that I attended that said the word doula simply means a person who serves. But for the most part, when I see the word doula being used mainstream, it usually involves a woman or female gendered person, and it's usually associated with birth. But modern day doulas are not slaves, nor are we all women. Not all doulas are birth doulas either. There are different spectrums of doula work. Some do what may be considered birth work, but they don't actually birth the baby. There are postpartum doulas, abortion doulas, adoption doulas, death doulas, me, and probably more than that that I have yet to hear of. Because of the controversy or surrounded by the word doula, there are people in the birth and death field that choose not to use the word. So in end-of-life work, you may hear end-of-life consultant, death care worker, death walker, and many other terms. I like being called a death doula because it usually leads to questions about what I do and opens the door to some sometimes fun and very interesting conversations. Let me touch on some of the other doulas that I mentioned really quickly because birth doulaing isn't really my field and I did mention them so I kind of want to give you somewhat of an idea of what they may do. If you want to know more about each of these doulas, you need to do the research for yourself or contact a doula. Now, all of you doulas who actually work in the fields that I'm attempting to define, please do not get upset if I misdefine your role. I'm defining off of what I understand and I'm looking it up online We all know how Google searches can be. So please reach out to me and I will correct anything that I messed up. A birth doula is a non-medical, professionally trained person who gives emotional support and physical support during the birthing process. They also help the mom or birthing person through the pregnancy as well. They give the birthing person information about their pregnancy and birthing techniques. I'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it. I just can't speak on it. I actually did have a doula when I birthed my rainbow baby. I actually had two because they worked as a team just in case one or more person went into labor at the same time, which actually did happen. They were my sounding board because I had developed a huge mistrust for doctor's advice when it came to my pregnancies. There was no way I was having another baby without someone beside me that I trusted and had developed a genuine relationship with. So I hired a birth doula, or two in my case, Postpartum doulas help after the baby is born. They provide emotional support to the birthing person, 
Sometimes they even make meals and do light housework. Not all of them do this, though. It's said that having a postpartum doula can help lower the chances of a new parent developing postpartum depression and even have a higher chance of breastfeeding success. Abortion doulas help through the abortion process. They provide emotional, physical, and informational support. There's a common misconception that if a person chooses abortion that they must not care about their child or even that they're committing a sin, and this is simply not true. The word abortion is used as a medical term because sometimes the babies have to be delivered preterm in order to save the mom's life or many other situations. There are also voluntary abortions or abortions that people choose to have. No matter what you believe, the fact remains that choosing an abortion for whatever reason still has a huge emotional toll on a person. The very last one that I think that I mentioned is the adoption doula. Adoption doulas actually can help with the birth process, too, if it's an adoption at birth. I'm not sure the extent of the help they give, though. They do educate the family about the adoption process and walk with the family every step of the way. Not all adoptions happen right at birth, and the adoption doulas help with those adoptions as well. The definition of a death doula slash end-of-life doula is a non-medical trained professional who provides support via education, organization, planning, and resources for end-of-life. So that's the technical definition. Now, what does all of that mean? For me, it means that I'm a part of your support team through the dying process. It also means that hopefully I was there before the dying process started and that we planned everything out so that we, we being you, your family, and I, so that we can try our best to carry out your final wishes. Let me tell you more about how I define my role as a death doula and some things about being a death doula in general. I place emphasis on me because not everyone practices the same. Some of us focus on many aspects of death doula care, and some of us choose to hone in on one or two specific areas. While I can and sometimes do perform just about all aspects of the death doula spectrum work, My primary focus has always been planning and then next, comfort and care. Why comfort and care? Because even though a dying person will more than likely be surrounded by all of their loved ones, they're still alone. No one is dying with them and no one can save them. They need to be made as comfortable as possible because you don't get a do-over at the end of life. But let me try and cover all of the bases though. If you have ever talked to me, most of you will know that I will try to find a way to ease into my death talks with you. And if I'm allowed to keep going, I'll more than likely go into the importance of planning. Tons of planning goes into dying, just like tons of planning goes into having a baby. But unlike planning for a baby, there's generally a lot more time in between and sometimes a lot less predictability when it comes to people dying. Even though you may feel like you're prepared for someone to die, when the moment comes, having things in writing and easily accessible is what's going to make all of the difference. That's part of what I do. I can help you come up with a plan. The plan would start way before you even get into the dying phase. This helps to ensure that just in case something happens and you die suddenly, hopefully you don't, we're just saying hypothetically, you would have already made clear what your wants are. What's in this plan? Let's say medical wants like um, life-sustaining support or life-sustaining treatment, burial requests and burial locations, end-of-life requests like meals, if any, embalming, makeup, hairstyles, 
outfits, and more. It's your plan so you can add what you want to it and you don't have to add what you don't want. When people think about planning for death, the very first thing and sometimes the only thing that comes to mind is the will. While a will is very important, it's only the tip of the iceberg. Speaking of wills, that's a perfect segue into another area where death doulas can help. Well, we can get you pointed in the right direction. Estate planning. Most of us death care workers have a network of trusted associates that we work with or we feel comfortable referring a person to. Estate lawyers are usually one of those people in our trusted network. Estate lawyers are important because they know the workings of the law and when it comes to leaving money, land, and property, or whatever else you want to leave that's tangible, they're the ones you want to go to. While death doulas are not legal representatives when it comes to estate planning, we can explain the importance of it and we can kind of break down the general area of what you may be looking for. This will kind of give you a general idea about how you can set up your estate so that when you get ready to go talk to the estate planner, a.k.a. a lawyer, you'll already know what you want. Proper planning ensures that whatever you leave behind gets distributed the way you would want it to when you are no longer here. Your estate is a very important part of your legacy. Speaking of legacies, let's define that word. The word legacy is defined by Webster's Dictionary, my favorite place to look up what words mean. It's defined as a gift by will, especially of money or other personal property or something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or something from the past. I'll leave all the monetary stuff to the estate lawyers. Me as a death doula, that's not my field, so I'd rather focus on your heartfelt items. That's where I'll help you with your legacy. The way you want people to remember you after death. What words do you want to leave behind? What are your most memorable moments that you want to share? What items that may define you do you want on display at your funeral? Do you want any items on display at your funeral? What stories do you want to be told when you're mentioned? What is something that is very special about you that you want people to know in your absence, but that very few people already know? What are your favorite quotes? What are your favorite books? What makes you, you? Maybe you want to create something together with your loved ones while you're still here earthside. All of these things are part of your legacy, and I'll work with you and your family to begin curating it. I'm a death doula because this is my heart's work. What's important to you is ultimately important to me as well. I want to help you document and organize things in the manner that you want in order to help put you and your loved ones at ease and help you all to know that the things from your heart have been properly curated and passed on to those who mattered most to you in life. Most of us death doulas count it an honor to help with legacy projects. It gives us an intimate view into a person's life. What about your funeral? Have you even thought about it? Where do you want to be buried? Do you even want to be buried? Have you ever thought about what funeral home you want to go to? Have you thought about embalming? cremation, and other options that they have? Have you spoken with your family about it? This is another thing us death doulas do. We can help you figure all of that out. We can make a funeral plan and lay out all of your plans with you and your loved ones. Now, this may sound weird to some, but it's really not. Imagine taking all of the guesswork out of what you want at your funeral or how you would want it to go. This ultimately will allow your family to execute your funeral plans without almost any thought. 
This also gives them the ability to properly grieve and mourn you at the end of your life. It basically takes all the guesswork out of your funeral. Sometimes you can even prepay for the whole thing. So when the time comes, all you have to do is show up. I chose the prepaid option for my mom. If you happen to choose a home funeral because that's a thing, or if you're thinking about it because it was something you were unaware of until now, a death doula can help with that too. We can assist by sitting bedside vigil before a person dies, and we can help you and your loved ones care for the person after they have died. Some families feel really empowered by being able to do this, and some even see it as their last deed of servitude to the person who has died. There are some things to think about if you want to do a home funeral, and it needs to be planned ahead of time. Yet another reason why talking about death before you get to the dying phase is really important. The laws for home funerals vary from state to state, so if that's part of your plan, you want to make sure that you ask your death doula if they are versed in home, well versed in home funerals. Before we even get to planning your funeral, you need to think about who you want to have be your voice in the event that you cannot speak for yourself. And then you want to appoint that person as your healthcare power of attorney. Now, a healthcare power of attorney comes into play if you are in an accident and you can't speak or you're unconscious or have a stroke and can't speak, things like that. There's a totally different form if you have a terminal illness or your health is on a constant decline. Those forms are called Physician's Order for Life-Sustaining Treatment or POSTS. You would have to sit down with your doctor or healthcare team to fill that out. A healthcare power of attorney doesn't necessarily give a person the ability to make random healthcare decisions for you. Well, it will in the event that you have named someone as your healthcare power of attorney, but you haven't had the conversation with them or you don't have your plans in writing. But on the bright side, if you've worked with me, then we've already done all of that. The person already knows what you want and how to proceed. And the healthcare power of attorney gives them the ability to enforce what we've already discussed. Whoever you choose as your healthcare power of attorney, you need to make sure that they are as close by as possible, meaning easily accessible. Being able to drive to the hospital where you are also helps. That way they can have an active role in your healthcare. Now, it's not a necessity. Just make sure the person that you appoint answers their phone. Just imagine what might happen if you don't have a specific person assigned to make decisions for you in the event that something happens and they contact whoever you have last listed as your next of kin. That may be cool if it's somebody that you're close to and comfortable with, but what if it's somebody like a disgruntled ex? You. Guess who can help with healthcare power of attorneys and even initiate the conversations with the person of your choice? Yep, you guessed it, me. One thing you want to think about, though, is that the person you're assigning as your healthcare power of attorney, that they can make the hard decisions if need to. Don't assign somebody to, quote unquote, pull the plug if you know that their heart won't allow them to do that to you. That's a huge amount of stress to place on somebody. But if you do happen to hire a death doula, we can help you talk through your choices with the person who you choose to be your healthcare power of attorney. Have you ever heard of respite care or respite care? It's the same thing. It just depends on who you're talking to, which will determine how they pronounce it. If you haven't heard of it, or if you have, I'm still going to give you the definition anyway. Respite care is care for the primary caregiver. Taking care of a dying loved one is a lot to handle, even for the most seasoned and the strongest of people. 
you pretty much have to be available almost every hour of the day depending on the person's condition. With such a heavy requirement, sometimes the caregivers forget to take care of themselves. Caregiver burnout is real, and it is really important that we work to prevent that. This is another area where a death doula can help. We can sit with your loved one while you run errands, help you clean up a little if need be, and even take your loved one to doctor's visits just to give you a little break. One of the most honored and sacred parts of the death doula job for me is sitting bedside as a companion to the person who's dying. To be allowed into the sacred space where a person is dying is not taken lightly by anyone in the death care field. It's during these times where people are most vulnerable and to be able to sit with them, it is such a beautiful thing. The stories that they tell, the visions that they see, amazing. Sometimes dying loved ones worry so much about the health and well-being of the people that are still around and living that they forget about themselves. And they forget about the fact that they're the ones that are dying. They sometimes ignore pain or just don't speak on it because they don't want to feel as though they're a burden or to even add more stress to the family. Sometimes they eat when they're not hungry because a loved one wants them to eat. Asking a loved one to eat if you notice that they haven't is a completely normal response because we see food as comfort and who doesn't want to comfort a dying loved one. But because a person is dying and their body operates differently than ours, sometimes something as simple as eating can be very painful to them. Dying people sometimes have anxiety or heartache over relationships that they feel that they never got to reconcile. Sometimes they also have a deep fear of the unknown like what really happens after we die. As a death doula, I'm here to reassure and gently educate the dying person and their family on what's going on as that person crosses over from one world to the next. My role as a death doula sitting bedside is kind of similar to a birth doula. Our job is to create a calm, peaceful, relaxing environment while providing education when needed. One more thing I'll touch on is bereavement care. Some of us death doulas are here for you as emotional and mental support for some time after your loved one has died. We are not psych professionals, but we can offer a listening ear or help with a legacy project that may not have been completed or even start a new one if that's what you decide to do. Some of us even help to go through a person's belongings after they die. Sometimes this can be a very overwhelming task for the grieving person to deal with. There may be things that need to be let go of, but finding the strength to do so is not always easy. It can feel like you're throwing away a part of the person who's no longer there. Most of us death doulas usually have a pretty good resource list of counselors, bereavement groups, cleaning agencies, and other professionals that can help if the task gets to be too large to tackle. It is important to keep in mind that each death care worker has their own scope of practice. I've named a few things that may or may not apply to all death doulas, and there may be more things that I did not name that other death doulas actually offer. Make sure that when you interview your death doula, you ask what services they offer. And make sure that you choose a death doula that fits your familial beliefs and values as well. Dying is an intimate and honorable event. Everyone should feel comfortable during the process. <music> Lastly, something that I'm always asked, why do death workers charge? The simplest answer is because we have to eat too, and so do our families. And that may sound kind of callous, because that's what I've been told before, but it's the simple truth. 
There may be times when we spend more time with the person that's dying than we do with our own family. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not a complaint by any means. This is what we want to do. But even though being a death care worker is our heart's work, we are human and we have humanly requirements like food, shelter, and transportation. Lots of us have been through hundreds of hours of training or have hundreds of hours of experience and have been doing this for years. We want to make sure that we present our best selves to you. So that means that there are fees for our services, but our services include our time, our supplies, our resources, and more. We do a whole lot more than just sit and talk with you. We actually go to work for you. We give you and your loved ones everything that you deserve and more. And we leave a lot of ourselves on the table. We only get one time to do this death thing right. I hope that I was able to give you a pretty thorough idea of some of the things that death doula slash death care workers do. I know it's a lot to take in, but this podcast will be here for you to listen to again if you have questions. If listening isn't enough, please don't hesitate to reach out. I will answer most of your questions that you have about what I do, what services I offer, or if I would even be a good fit for you. And as always, if I'm not, I'll guide you in the direction of someone who may be better suited to work with you and your family, or I'll give you the resources to help find someone. My goal is not to collect clients, who I prefer to call a person or persons, because death work is just too intimate in my mind to have a quote-unquote client. But I'll make sure to try and get you all in touch with a person who best fits you and who can help aid you through the dying process. Oh, and before I go, I have a new way for you all to leave feedback or reach out to me. You can leave a voice message that only I'll hear. There's a link in the show notes for speakpipe.com. You can either click that link or you can go to www.speakpipe.com forward slash from butterflies to angels. I'm Death Dula Jen. I just want to thank you for listening to From Butterflies to Angels, a podcast about death and dying. If you have any questions, feel free to visit www.frombutterfliestoangels.com. Thanks again.